The reading this morning is taken from Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 1, which can be found in page 1093 of the Church Bible. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hear them in our native language? Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Verse 22. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. The second reading comes from Romans chapter 10, verse 13 to 15, which can be found on page 1137 of the Church Bible. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Winnie. Uh, Good morning, everyone morning, everyone at home as well. Let's take a moment to pray, shall we? Father God, on this um, Pentecost Sunday, we pray uh, that the Holy Spirit would fill us now and help us to understand your word, to understand what it means to speak of Jesus and to share the good news. We pray that you will um, be with us now and guide our thoughts and our hearts.
For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Please do keep your Bible open if you have it uh, on page 1137. We're going to concentrate on the the little passage um, that was read from Romans 10. And this passage falls in a section um, that Paul is giving expression really to his own heart. His own heart. Um, If you look at the first verse of that chapter, it says, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire... And prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. That's his heart. And in verses 14 uh, and 15, he comes and asks a series of um, rhetorical questions um, that will really help us as we look at the next pillar of our our vision here at uh, St. John's, which is to speak purposeful uh, growing in our, our witness as I was thinking about um, rhetorical questions as I was looking at this, it, it reminded me of, that there can be dangers uh, with that as a preacher. I, I gave a sermon a few, uh, many years ago in Cheadle where I used to live and uh, um, I was using a lot of rhetorical questions and a lady walked in to the church who, who'd a little bit worse for wear, she'd had a few vimptos and proceeded to answer every single rhetorical question that I asked from the from up here, and it was quite quite amusing, and we managed to get through it. But uh, if I was to ask the question that's here, how can they hear without someone preaching to them? You might say, and you don't need vimptos for this, um, you might say, they can't. They can't. It was the, the theologian Charles Hodge who said, it is the first and most pressing duty of the church to cause men and women to hear the gospel. I'll uh, repeat that. It is the first and most pressing duty of the church to cause men and women to hear the gospel, the good news. Now, although Paul here is focusing uh, upon Israel, uh, the whole context of these chapters is is upon Israel, the, the logical progression holds true for all places and all times, As the Great Commission says, doesn't it? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And we see that reach of the gospel here, even in verse 13. Everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He's picking up there a verse from Joel, um, from the book of Joel in the Old Testament The same verse Peter picks up on the day of Pentecost when he preached as the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples to enable them to speak about God and about Jesus and what he had done and he come and he was crucified and that he was the Lord and the Messiah, the chosen one. Philippians um, chapter 2 verse 9 says this, and we had it read in our, our creed. It says, therefore God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Notice there all the everys. This is for everyone. Every name, every knee, every tongue. We have no right to place restrictions on who the every are. We take the whole of the gospel to the whole of the world. And if that is what God wants, 
it should be what his church wants as well. And I hope we want that as well. That is the primary purpose of the church. This is, this is our great commission. This is our mission. Now, as a, a minister, sometimes um, people send me emails, send me um, all sorts of requests and letters asking me to support all sorts of different causes and often very good causes and important things. And um, sometimes recently I've been getting a lot of requests to sign petitions about things like global warming and the environment. And I know that's very important and worthy of our consideration. It's important that we pray about it and we do care about the environment because God has entrusted uh, his creation um, to us to be good stewards of it. I understand that. I understand that. And I care about these things. But, and there is a but, let us not think that this is the greatest concern and duty of the church. Our most pressing duty, to use Hodge's words, the greatest and most pressing concern facing the church isn't that I and you may have something to say about global warming. As important as that might be, the greatest concern of the church is, is to proclaim the gospel, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, to preach and to talk and to speak of Jesus, that men and women turn from their sins and trust in the Lord and Saviour. That is our greatest concern. Now, in these verses, um, there are six uh, verbs. Uh, and what I want to do is to kind of flip the passage um, the other way around and give you six words to kind of clarify this, this chief purpose of the church So let's do that. Verse 15, how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Sent. First, we're we're being sent by the local church. Yes, we commission people. We we, we commission each other to go and share Christ. But it's also something that Christ sends us to do. He's the chief sender. So often we think about sort of waiting to be called to do something. Well, actually... Jesus has sent us already to do it. And there's so much of the language of the New Testament is about going and being sent, being compelled by the Spirit of God to go. That's what we just had read, isn't it, from Acts 2. So first we're being sent. Secondly, to preach. Now if you hear the word preach and you immediately think it's all about a Sunday sermon, then we've completely gone wrong straight away because it's not. We all have a duty in this because it's about heralding. It's about speaking out the good news. In those times, um, communities would have people who would, would herald the good news or a herald of the news of the day, a bit like a, a town crier um, that we had, have in the past had. And the message isn't about the messenger. The gospel comes from God. As we look at our Bibles um, uh, and discover what he said and what he has done, enabled and equipped by the power of the Holy Spirit to speak of Jesus as Lord in such a way that it might appear that Christ is himself speaking through us. An amazing thought. In fact, that is Paul's confidence, and that should be our confidence when we speak to others about Jesus. For the word of God is truly known by the power of God, which is through the Spirit of God, and then the voice of God is truly heard, isn't it? 
You see, it's not about, it is not about how eloquent we might be or might not be, how loud our voices might be or how quiet our voices might be. It's not about whether we think that we're good about at sharing Jesus. It's, that's it, entirely irrelevant because that's not where our confidence comes from to speak. Our confidence comes from the power of the Spirit. Listen to how Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 5.20. He says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to do it, because it's God through us making his appeal through us. In other words, we go with the message and we go as his representatives um, and God speaks through us as if it's his own voice. So this is why speak is such an important part of uh, our vision here at St. John's. I sometimes think we, we, we fall for that idea that somehow um, people will imbibe Christianity through the, through the air, through the ether of the air somehow. A bit like a virus. Let's not talk about viruses. Um, but that's how sometimes we think about it, isn't it? Uh, I just need to, 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 to show God in action. And of course, actions are important, but people need to hear, don't they? And that requires us to speak. I, I kind of... I think a lot about that um, quote that's often... Mis- it's a misquote from Francis of Assisi. Do you know that one where it says, preach the gospel at all times, use words if necessary? Do you know that one? Um, the inference being it's more virtuous to show the gospel than to speak it. Well, the truth is that there's no evidence that Francis of Assisi ever said that. He does say lots of different things about make sure that your words match your actions. He says a lot about that. In fact, Thomas of Salino, writing just three years after Francis's death, said this about Francis of Assisi. He said, his words were neither hollow nor ridiculous, but filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, penetrating the marrow of the heart, so that listeners would turn and be amazed. He's definitely using words, isn't he? You see, it's simply impossible to speak the good news of Jesus without words. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, that sentence, does it? St. John's, we, we, people need to hear, which means that we, we need to speak, and we need to be purposeful in our witnessing. So they're being sent to preach, and as a result, people will hear. But what are they going to hear? What are they going to hear uh, as we speak? Verse 14. Well, the story of Jesus. The story of Jesus in our lives and the impact it's had upon us. We will speak about the birth of Christ at Christmas, won't we? How he, he has come into the world to save sinners. We will speak of his life and how his love and his compassion and his forgiveness and his justice and his truth and his grace have affected our lives and transformed us. We will speak of his death on a cross and died for us in our place, so the penalty is no longer upon us. We will speak about his resurrection, about the new life and the power over death that comes from his resurrection, that the dominion of darkness is finished. We will speak of the need for 
to receive Christ as our our Lord and as our Saviour by the power of the Spirit to come to repentance and faith. You may use different words, but that, that is this essence of what we will be speaking. When we are sent, we speak. When we speak, people will hear. They will hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And so fourthly, hearers come to believe. Verse 14, how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? Now notice something really important here. Um, Notice the order. The believing that's being referenced here must mean something other than saving faith, right? Because of the, the progression here in the verses. You see, people can hear the facts they can hear the information about Jesus factually, about his death for sin, and believe that it is true, and belief in facts of the resurrection, he's overcome death, may, but they may only remain facts and beliefs. Unless, they, unless we move into, from intellectual assertion into trust, actually putting our trust and our weight upon Jesus... That then requires that fifth thing, believers to call. From believing to call. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? You see, saving faith is presented to us as calling on the Lord. It was there in Acts 2, wasn't it? With Joel, Acts, uh, we see here in verse 13. Belief leads to calling, but it's not inevitable. You see, there can be people sitting in churches up and down the country um, believing the right things, but have never called on the name of the Lord Jesus to save them. I don't know, maybe you're sitting here and you're in that place this morning that you've not actually called on the name of the Lord Then finally, those who call are saved. Are you saved? It's important to ask that question, isn't it, this morning? We must never ignore the importance of personal acceptance and trust in the Lord Jesus. You know, sometimes I think maybe here at St. John's, we have neglected that part of calling upon the Lord. It is that illustration of the lifeboat, isn't it, that perhaps you've heard before. We're in the water, we're drowning, we're flailing about, we're gasping for air, we go under again and again, the boat comes along, we see the boat looks sound, it looks sound that that boat is not going to sink, I I believe that it's not going to sink, it looks sound, but we don't actually get in the boat, we don't call out. And same, isn't it, with faith? Ah, here's a proper means of salvation. Here, over here is a proper means of salvation. But unless we, we call out to the Lord Jesus, unless we call out and cry out, Lord, save me, I need saving, we remain unsaved. St. John's, unless we are commissioned for the task, unless people are sent, unless we're sent, there will be no preaching, there will be no speaking, there will be no heralds. 
Unless the good news is spoken, sinners will not hear the save, saving word of Jesus. Unless they hear of him, they will not come to believe the truth about his life, death and resurrection. Unless they believe those truths, they will not call on him. And unless they call on him, they will not be saved. Stark, isn't it? It's, it's really, really important. And that's why it's so beautiful, the feet of those who bring good news, isn't it? Because they're beautiful feet. Paul quotes here from Isaiah 52, when heralds uh, brought good news to the exiles, that the exile was over in in, uh, the Old Testament. And so often feet, we consider them dirty, don't we? And often a bit ugly and um, not considered beautiful. To speak about Jesus isn't glamorous and it's certainly in our world today not easy. It requires humility, it requires patience and it requires prayer. We need to be a praying church. Yet it is our first and most pressing purpose. On this Platinum Jubilee, we've been reminded already, haven't we, that many times the Queen has spoken of her faith in Jesus uh, through her Christmas messages. Now, sure, none of us will have opportunity to speak to millions as as she has done, yet we all share in this task, and she's shown us uh, herself that she has done it. And, of course, in this day and age, the people... When people are cancelled, aren't they, often for holding opinions that are, are, are different from the, the crowds. Now, there is a cost to doing this. But we are sent to be different. We are sent to speak. And it will require us to count the cost as well. Where will we start? Where will you start? Where will I start with this tomorrow, today even? Well, I suggest that we start with the people nearest to us, in our homes and in our, our, our workplaces and in, in our schools and colleges. Make sure, make sure that people know that you're a Christian. That might sound really obvious, but sometimes it's not easy, is it, to make sure that people know that you're a, a Christian. When people say to you, what did you do at the weekend? Just simply say, oh, I went to church and I, I heard about Jesus. And then you've made a start. It may be that we want to join in with the parish visiting that will start in July. We're going to go around the parish. Maybe that's for you. But whatever it is, each of us are sent, wherever we might be, to speak of Jesus. So let, let us speak. Let us be purposeful in our witness. And of course, let's remember, we cannot do this alone. We cannot do this alone. They, uh, the, the disciples knew that. As we saw in our reading, they had to wait, didn't they, for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon them, to send them out in the power to speak. Let's pray, shall we? Let's just take a moment to be quiet before the Lord and maybe to ask the Lord to fill us with his spirit, to empower us to speak. Let's just take a quiet moment. Father God, we 
humbly come before you now and pray that you would fill us with your spirit so that we might speak of you. We pray, Father, that you give us opportunities, that we may be sent, that we may speak of the good news of Jesus, wherever we might be tomorrow, that we may testify to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And we pray that people will call upon the Lord Jesus and know that salvation. We pray that we may see that in our midst through this church. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.